Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined as always with Dan Garcia. And we have started the month of June. Last month uh, was our monthly recap, or last podcast was our monthly recap for the month of May. So this is the month of June, and the f- for the first mar- month of June, we're 5-1. and one. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, definitely a way you want to start out. Could be easily be 6-0 and oh to start out June, but you'll take a 5-1 and one start anytime you can get it. And that one happened to be the day that we were at the game. Yeah, bad luck. <laughs> Man, telling you. So we'll jump quickly into the weekly recap. Um, we're get, we'll get going here quickly. I might not finish the show. The curator is here live and in studio. So stay tuned for the second half of the All Angels podcast, which is probably going to be start. We'll start calling it the Curator's Chronicles, maybe. But uh, we'll get into the weekly recap now. Let's start off with Friday. The Angels played on Friday. Uh, they started the series against the uh, Texas Rangers, and the game started with uh, Hyman Berea taking the bump. Uh, Berea went uh, six innings, uh, gave up four hits, no runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. The Angels went ahead and won that game six to nothing. Uh, the Angels, uh, you know, for the most part, they got to a big sexy. They they tagged them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they scored two runs in the first three innings, and that, you know, showed that that's all they needed. Um for the rest of the game. But, yeah, so, I mean, a quick start like that, you'll you'll take it. It just seemed like every time someone came up, they were either making solid contact or were actually getting on base. So um, it was a very good start to the series. And Jaime Berea, again, showing everyone why he's up in the majors. And Is he and, up in the majors? Yeah, well, we'll get to that later <laughs> with everything going on. But um, shows that he belongs, shows that the reason why he is that, quote-unquote, six starter that the Angels have. So. But why do they keep sending him down? Because people don't know what they're doing. That's why. <laughs> people don't understand baseball. Uh, you know yeah, what really grinds our gears? Yeah. But, no, it, it worked out. Um, six, Like you said, 6-0 lead or win. Um, you know, be glad to see some kind of run production more than maybe like one or two runs. So yeah. that was always a good, a good win. Yeah, the offense, uh, six runs and 11 hits. So it's always good to see double-digit hits there, you know. And then six runs, that means uh, – you know, almost half of those, more than half of those runs scored. So right. those hits scored. So um, 
uh, home runs by Albert Pujols and Ian Kinsler. Ian Kinsler giving it to his old team, yeah. as he did to Detroit as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. Series so, of four. So he, he continues to improve, and that's a guy that you would kind of need to step his game up a little bit offensively. With, yeah, especially with um, you know all the injuries and stuff that we'll get to later. But, yeah, he's definitely one of the guys uh, you need to maintain this offensive production throughout the you know rest of the season and then until everyone can get back healthy. Absolutely. Uh, 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 you know, Ian Kinzer, an 80% Ian Kinzer is better than, you know, the – 50% Ian Kinzer we were getting at the beginning of the season. So oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime. So as we were talking about uh, the one loss on the Angels week here uh, from our podcast, uh, it was on Saturday. It was Albert Pujols' 3,000 hit day, and it was the uh, Halo Haven tailgate at uh, yes. Anaheim Stadium. It was actually pretty cool. We had a good time. Uh, we good turnout. Pretty. Uh, the only thing is, is that we didn't. we weren't – under the big A like we had planned, I guess we got there. Chris and I got there really early, and uh, they had it blocked off. It looked like they had some kind of gathering there. Or they had it yeah, blocked off. We were off close enough. I mean, if you couldn't see the flags or the bus, or the you, bus. Just, or you just you, that means you, you weren't looking hard enough. enough. Exactly. So um, great turnout. It was cool to get out there. We saw some friends that we hadn't seen in a while, so that's always cool. We met some of the new people. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you're someone that we met at the tailgate, you know, we're able to give you the information, give you a card. Maybe you run a ra- won a raffle prize. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely anytime we get out there, we let you people know. like to see you guys come out and um, take a tour of the bus when it's out there or just come by and say hi. But definitely a, a good time yeah. before the game. It was, man. A lot of cool giveaways. We gave out a lot of buttons, a lot of uh, – gave out some bobbleheads, yes. some uh, just some – Stadium giveaways that we have extras of. A poncho and uh, maracas. Who, the person, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was in love with the with the prize. So, big shout out to you guys, Daniel and Courtney, for uh, hooking us up with that. So, anyway, so Saturday's game, you know, they, they the one loss they had in this week, and it was the day we went, but not only did we go, where were we, Daniel? We were, um, I don't want to sound all bougie, but we were up in a suite. We were in a, we were in a suite. Uh, the Halo Haven crew, and uh, we we lost the game. We got extra innings because the game was flying by. You know, how does the other life live? Right, I, I, live? I was telling you guys, I don't know if I can go to another Angels game without sitting in a suite. Now I don't know, man. But uh, <laughs> but um, it was like a, a, a well pitched game from both sides, from both yeah, pitchers. It was it was flying by, and and we I think we both we all jokingly said we need extra innings. And we got it, but it didn't go our way. Uh, Garrett Richards pitched seven innings, only gave up one hit, struck out nine. But then Cole Hamels matched that, uh, only uh, pitching seven innings, only giving up five hits and two runs. The Angels did have the lead in the bottom of the ninth, but the lead was blown by Blake Parker. And then uh, Alvarez gave up the run in the tenth inning. So obviously the Angels, that's that's one of those games where you you can't really blame the bullpen because – they only scored two runs, right? But then you would hope that the bullpen would be able to save a two-one, you know, game in the ninth. Maybe that boils down to the Angels not having an experienced closer. But then again, you know, you can point your finger at a lot of things. I mean, there's a disappointing. lot of it was a lot of different things that game that that really stood out to me. And that you know, number one being the pitching, the starting pitching between both teams. They after maybe the third or fourth inning, we both kind of looked at each other and said, you know, for both teams. This this lead isn't enough. Like one of these teams has to put more on because um, just the way everything was going. But you know there was that one close play at the play at the end of oh the gosh. the top of the ninth, where you know they they're able to get a, a ranger player in a pickle and, and they tagged him out. But and it was close. And they show the replay on the field as far as the home 
uh, the guy running home, whether he got there before or after the yeah. tag. It was one of those things where I believe they called him safe on the field originally. They challenged it, but I think it was one of those views where you weren't going to get it overturned one way or the other. It was like too much of a close call, and especially it being a plate and not being a base, you can't really tell yeah. at what point does the does, does he actually hit right. that plate compared right. to a bag that's above ground. You can see very easily right. when a hand or a foot hits the bag, but with yeah. a plate, you can't. So And it's just so bang, bang at yeah, that point, and too. Yeah, and like I said, it was super close where I think if it was ruled the other way on the field where if they called him out and the run didn't score, I think they would have stayed with that call just because, like I yeah. said, it, it was so close and, and so uh, you're not sure that they just went with the original call and went with the safe, and that would kind of push the team into extra innings. So I mean, yeah, it 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 sucks. I mean, like I said, Richard pitched a great game, seven innings, no earned runs. You know, uh, the one run coming off an air, but um, uh, it's 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 frustrating. But again, you're in the game until the end, and that's mostly what you're looking for. Yeah, a disappointing game. One of those games that you had. One and just couldn't hold it, so you just chalked that up as one of those games. So then Sunday, the Angels went ahead and they played again against the Rangers, and this was a day game where Skaggs pitched six innings, gave up four hits, walked three, struck out six. He pitched well. His breaking ball was uh, dropping. Uh, three runs and four hits was all the offense needed. Valbuena's two RBI double pretty much was was it because uh, that's he scored two. Uh, Rangers only scored one, and then Upton added a solo shot there. Yes. Upton's starting to heat up again. Yeah, I mean, if you just add up the time in June, so this this week, uh, a games, a six games. I mean, he's batting over four hundred. He's batting over four fifty with three home runs and was it six games? So, whenever you can get his bat hot, you'll take it. Um, you know, he did get hit. What was it? The hand forearm area. Um, got hit in the hand at first, and then the, like the two games later, yeah, he got hit in the, the forearm. forearm. So again, same arm. Yeah. So now that he maybe now he's getting healthy, maybe now he's you know able to to get better contact on the ball. And again, with Simmons being out and everything, he was he would definitely be a guy that can you know a thirty hundred guy easy if he can get hot and and stay at a good pace for the season. Right. No, definitely for sure. It, that just shows you that the uh, the injury, quote unquote injury, he got affecting him because he was hot before he got hit, and then now he just took him some time to get adjusted, and now. Boom, back to being what he was. All right, so then Monday, the Angels started a series against – well, Angels take the series against the uh, uh, Rangers two games to one, only dropping the game on Saturday. Moved on to Monday, and the Angels played the Royals, a team they should sweep, but it didn't start off very well. Monday, the Angels kind of – Tropiano had a rough outing. He, get, he went four and two-thirds, gave up nine hits. That's a lot of hits. Five runs, stri- striking out five. Um, the Angels had to come back. Uh, they were down 5-2, and it got kind of uh, – Got ignited by who else? The guy we were just talking about. Upton hits a ho- uh, home run, and then Marte hits a home run, and it just kind of the offense just kind of brought us back into this game. Right. I mean, kind of like what you're saying, giving up those five runs early in in the game, you would hope you know they have some kind of comeback, and it showed they did, and that's a great part. And as against the Kansas City team, like you, you should beat these guys. The bullpen is not very good, so um, they were take, able to take advantage of that. They got three runs in the eighth to pull them, you know, ahead and, and stay ahead. But kind of like what you were saying earlier about the loss of on Saturday, how you can you can kind of quote unquote say it was the bullpen, but the same way you could say this game on Monday was won because of the bullpen, going you know four and a third innings, only giving up one run, giving that offense a chance to 
put something together, put some runs together, um, make it uh, make it competitive. So you know, for every game, the people want to say the bullpen's blown. I mean, you could probably turn around this season, especially early in the year, and show two that they probably won because they had to go um, five plus innings or four and two thirds or something along those lines. So I mean, it it, it was a good good comeback win. You like to see that definitely. Yeah, and you like you mentioned, it, and we've said it before. You guys can go around podcasts and check out our archives. Uh, we've always we've always said that the bullpen is the unsung hero. They they come in and pitch four or five, especially at the beginning of the year. They were pitching three, four, or five innings every game. So this one definitely, as much as like you said, Dan, you want to give credit to the offense, give equal credit to the bullpen for holding it down. One mistake uh, that scored the only other run for the Royals off the bullpen it was a mistake. Right, exactly. That was it. So Angels won that game nine to six. Moving on to Tuesday, and I wrote down here on my Angels won one to nothing. The offense didn't have to do much. And right. I wrote down here on my notes, Dan, I said, what can I say? Heaney pitched a gem on his 27th birthday. He got 27 outs. Right. So big shout-out to the man. I'm your huckleberry. The man they called Doc Holliday. Right. Yep, there you go. Um, what I mean, what can we say? No, it was definitely his best. Definitely for the year, and I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the best ones he's had for his career. Career, for sure. Um, you know, nine innings, one hit, 116 pitch count. I mean, it was just a great game up and down. Yeah, I mean, offense didn't have to do much. Doc Holliday did his thing. I'm your huckleberry. And I, I love that. I love the fact that they call him Doc Holliday because he, on the mound that day, he was just dealing. I that mean, and his mustache doesn't hurt either. Yeah, it's, it's a creepy mustache. I like to call it but a little creepy. Yeah, but Doc Holliday had one of those creepy mustaches. He did. He, well, yeah, he did. I, and and I don't I, you know, he needs is a little uh, I don't know, but yeah, Doc I mean, Doc Holiday on the mound. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great one zero victory too, and um, offense couldn't get anything started. I mean, Upton went three for three, so kind of like we were saying earlier, he's on this hot streak. No no way to take advantage of it, but the way that the Angels manufactured that run, I think, was really interesting. Right, double steal. right. Angels' uh, only run came on a double steal. Young scored. It was back-to-back singles, uh, single by Young, followed by a single by Hermosillo. Young went to third on the single. Right. And then this was with two outs. And then uh, Hermosillo with a 2-2 two, two count or a two, one-two count took off for second. Right. Uh, Salvador Perez got up through straight to second, and as soon as he popped up, Young took off for the plate, yeah, as, scored yeah, the run. As, as soon as you see his his hand um, release the ball, you see uh, Young take off for the plate, and then the throw home was way off too, yeah. having to rush it. And it showed it was only the, it, that was the one run they needed. And the way Haney was dealing that night, it that's, was, that's all, all he that's needed. All they needed. Yep. So moving on to Wednesday, it was Otani Wednesday, and Otani only went four innings, giving up four hits, one run. The one thing I didn't like in the four innings was the three walks, struck out four, but. As we all know now, as time of recording, we all probably know why he walked three batters. As you hear a big sigh from the crowd. Right. He left the game with a quote-unquote blister problem. Well, I mean, um, I don't want to say it was a quote-unquote because there was it, a blister was. problem. Because if you see photos, there were blisters. There were yeah. there was a big blister on his finger. And even Maldonado has said that day that – or even today that the day of, the blister was the, the, the reason why he called out the trainer and everything that he never would have thought – anything about his arm or his elbow or anything like that. Um, so there was a blister that initially yeah, yeah. Um, was why the training staff went to go visit. And, uh, you know, his velocity was still 96 to 99. So Right. So there was, was no um, no sign. So you hope because of that the um, it's not too serious. I mean, um, 
they are shutting them down for three weeks, which in Otani time, it means three starts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too bad. I right. Mean, well, I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not. And I said this earlier. I don't think this team necessarily is dependent on Otani. Um, this team was structured with the idea of Otani kind of being an extra piece because all the moves they made with the Upton, Kinsler, um, Cozart moves and all that stuff was made before Otani made his decision. And we still didn't even know what we were going to get out of Otani. Exactly. And, there, and, cause in, if you even look at spring training, people were saying, like, oh, you know, uh, maybe he should take a step back and, and kind of redefine his role with the team and stuff like that and bring him up slowly and everything like that. Um, so now you go to a five-man rotation, okay? And kind of like we were saying, Jaime Barrera is more than capable to be that fifth starter. Um, so you're not dipping into, like, these full-time AAA pitchers that might need more time in AAA, and you don't have to rush those guys up. Um, the injury on, on Tuesday to Simmons with his ankle, I think, is definitely going to affect the team a lot more um, yeah. short-term than Otani will, definitely. Yeah. Angels are deep, though, right now. So let, let's hope they can sustain this little wave of injuries here. Anyway, so Wednesday the Angels with it. They 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 won the game four to three against the Royals. Um, Kinsler hit a two run home run in the sixth inning, followed by Upton with a solo home run in the seventh. Um, Justin Anderson struggled in the eighth. Uh, Blake Parker had to come in and, and shut down the door there in the to get the final out in the eighth and shut the door to the game, picking up a save. So the Angels won the game four to three against the Royals, uh, taking the record for the week. From our on our end, from podcast to podcast, to five and ones, and five and one in the month of June, right? And I mean that's like you said, if you can get five and one every week, you'll take it. You'll take you know four and two every week if you take it, if you can get it. So absolutely, um, you know it, it's a good week. Um, Upton is definitely the guy on on the rise, and he would definitely help with with the struggles and everything like that. So um, yeah, I it's a great week. You got a couple injuries. You got the Cole injury that came out Saturday, but right. I don't think you're missing too nah. much with that. Um, the Simmons injury is probably the the biggest one um, so far. Uh, but you know, good week, five and one. The record right now, as we speak, there's a game in progress. They're thirty five and twenty eight. Right. Um, I think a, a big stat I saw this week that stood out to me: Angels starting pitchers. I was just about um, to mention that in the Texas series. 19 innings pitched in the three games, one run given up, and that was an unearned run. That was that's right. starting pitching that that you need. You had Berea going, uh, Berea going. Uh, what, picked six. Yeah, innings. six innings. You had Richards going seven, and then you had Skaggs going another six. So if we can get starting pitching like that, I think they um, they're more than capable of making up with that with the whole Otani thing. So. Yeah, I was going to talk about the the rotation in general, not even just the Ranger series in general for the last maybe two weeks. Um, aside from Tropiano's start this week, but Tropiano's like three previous starts before that were excellent. So right. uh, the starting pitching that everyone was kind of saying, oh, we needed to do this, we need to do that. I get the fact that people wanted a name in there and wanted a true legitimate ace in the staff. But when you have guys clicking on all cylinders like the way they are right now in the starting staff, then I can see where the Angels are kind of hesitant to go out and pick up that dude, you know, that arm for – not just money, but draft picks that we wouldn't be able to pick up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you definitely will take um, what you have now, not giving up anything um, compared to maybe if you did make a trade in the middle of the season last year or at the beginning of this season and moving, losing some of your top prospects. But you're still, again, they're 35 and 28. If you were to tell the people ahead of time, you know, beginning, beginning of the season, this is going to be your record one week into June, you wouldn't care how it came about. So, no, yeah. Um, kind of like I was saying, give the bullpen a break. They have, like, 
I think the second most innings pitched so far in the AL. Um, they're doing the best they can. I mean, yeah, they probably can make some moves at the at the break uh, to get some another veteran reliever. But again, it's going to come down to price. You yeah, know? And, absolutely. And it, and I don't I don't want people out there to be like, oh, Epler's not doing anything. He's sitting. It's like, no, he could be out there talking to people. But if a, another team comes up and, and jacks up the offer. You know, just because they don't win the the bid on that player doesn't mean they're not trying. And I and I think a lot of people miss that when when it comes down to trade season and why or not why they. Well, that and a lot of fans need to be realistic about a lot of things. Uh, you can't just go out and get somebody because it's a name, or you just can't go pick up a, an all star. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna trade Cole Calhoun, who's batting one fifty right now, for a I don't know. Clayton Kershaw, or not even a Clayton Kershaw. Let's say, for instance, like a Mike Fires or somebody like that. You're not going to get somebody who's uh, quality for somebody who's sub-quality. So if the Angels are going to make a move, they're either going to have to give up somebody decent, and that's where Billy Epper, you know, he, he's going to have to sit back and look like, where can I trade? Who can I trade? In certain situations, like, okay, if I can trade this guy right now, he's not going to affect the team Maybe this may, this may affect the team three years down the line, but not right, right. now. So, and so that's seg- I'm segueing into into um, something that uh, our our special guest appearance uh, today, Trent Rush from uh, AMA Thirty KLAA uh, Angels Voice on what's the uh, yeah. So if you guys are ever around the stadium, you guys are heading home. Um, turn on AM 8.30 on the way home, and he has a show called Angels Recap. Recap. Angels he, Recap. He, he after talks, the game. He, he reads tweets. He, he interacts with with, um, with fans, you know, after the game. Um, but, yeah, so we were lucky enough to have him for, you know, a handful of minutes. Uh, I think it's about 10, 10 15 Something minutes. Something like that. Um, but, yeah, great guy, real easy to talk to, and, you know, you'll see that. But, yeah, definitely uh, check out if when you're on your way home after the Big A, throw it on and, and um, listen. Yeah, so he talked about possible – moves that the angels right. not moves but what they have in their bank yeah and just the angels and season. angels in general yeah. so far so our interview with trent rush hey i'm trent rush you're listening to the all angels podcast Hey, man, it's exciting to be on. I appreciate you having me. No, we appreciate you, man. We know you're a busy guy, so we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. So Yeah, man, it's cool. My first question. Now, you know, this is the most recent Angels news. So the Angels draft pick of Jordan Adams, what do you think of the Angels picking another outfielder out of high school? Is that a trend that they're going for, or, or what do you think about the whole uh, draft pick? Well, I think one thing that Billy Epler has made pretty clear is his desire to have super athletic players. I even joked, like, on Twitter earlier that, like, the Angels could win an NBA title with the amount of great basketball players that they have because you see all these dunk videos. They drafted somebody else uh, in the uh, on day two of the draft, somewhere between three and ten. I can't remember which pick. Of, like, another guy that's, like, going up and throwing down monster dunks. And, yeah, Jordan Adams is a 
you know, from everything that you see, a super high-level athlete, he's got very big upside, and he's the guy who the Angels believe is the best player available. I think that's a good approach for this team, no matter where the organization stacks up. There's a lot of really good outfielders in this organization. I know you guys know that. It also means that maybe at some point, Billy Epler is put in a position to where he has to use one of these guys as a potential trade chip. Um, that's the thing about prospects. If you're trying to build a championship organization, you only, I mean, it's not just having a championship major league team. You want to have championship caliber players all the way through. And sometimes in order to be a championship organization, you got to make sure your major league team is set and sometimes using some of those trade chips. So that could be the case as well. I, I don't know exactly what it all means, but um, I, I would say that the Angels made sure they got the best player available at 17, and uh, they clearly believe that uh, Jordan Adams is that guy. Yeah, so it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about the process also being kind of trade chips down the road, whether it's this deadline or maybe, you know, during the offseason. So do you think it's likely that you see an outfielder like, I don't want to say Adele because they just drafted him, but maybe a Brandon Marsh or even maybe like it's, uh, Michael Herm- Michael Hermosia be moving maybe soon, I think? You know, I, I think the Angels have, uh, a, a, like we talked about, a lot of outdoors that are available. And I know that Brandon Marsh is a very highly desired player in the baseball circle. So who wouldn't want to have a guy like Michael Hermosillo on their team? Uh, those, you know, the names that you mentioned, I don't know what kind of names are actually being involved in discussions or even if there are discussions going on. I know the Angels got issues that they want to address. They want to make sure they get the bullpen short up. That's something that's really important for this team's success at the major league level. And they have a team that with a couple of uh, changes could be a championship level team, a team that can compete for a World Series. Right now they're a team that's competing for a playoff spot. That's good, but when you have a team competing for a playoff spot, you want to make sure that you can win when you're in October because teams like that don't come around every day. So I think that the Angels probably will be making some kind of moves. I have no clue what kind of players will be in there, but I know that if the Angels are going to you know, move somebody like the names that you mentioned, it would have to be for a like, very high-level, blockbuster-level kind of player, like top of the top. Yeah, no, you were talking about, you know, being in playoff contention. That brings me to my next question. Perfect segue. Moving on to the current team, in your opinion, just the way the team is right now, is it a playoff team? Yeah, I think this is a playoff team. I'm not convinced that Seattle is going to be able to maintain what they're doing right now. They've had a soft schedule over the last three, four weeks. I think that the Angels are a team that's good enough to get in, but I still think this is a team that probably needs to make a couple of tweaks to be a team that can win a championship. And there's a big difference between getting to October and winning when you're in October. And I, I do think that the, I think the hitting is going to come around for this Angels team. We've seen some flashes lately. There's too much talent for this team to not be crushing the ball all the time. The starting pitching has been very good. I mean, we're seeing guys like Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, Nick Tropiano, Garrett Richards, finally pitching to the level that we've kind of been waiting for from those guys. And, of course, when you have a guy in Shohei Otani that is kind of blowing everybody away, why not be excited about what this pitching staff can do? And for as much heat as the bullpen has taken this year, and believe me, they have struggled. I'm, trust me, I know this. But when you consider the names and the guys that are 
being put in the roles that you would not normally expect. I think they're actually doing a pretty admirable job considering the Angels don't really have uh, that big-time, you know, star relief pitcher anywhere near the bullpen right now. Yeah, so, you know, Angels kind of finished uh, the month of May, kind of a down note, kind of very up and down. Do you think it's just baseball being baseball and something's going to work its way through or just something – I guess kind of like you're saying, a, a move that needs to be made, whether it's bullpen or, or um, starting pitching or maybe an offensive bat. Uh, in regards to, like, what, what kind of moves are the Angels going to no, make? As far as, you know, the inconsistency, whether, you know, it seems like one week the starting the starting uh, pitching is great and the bullpen struggles or vice versa. Is, there, is that just yeah. – you think they're being just baseball being baseball? Yeah, I do, and it's been unfortunate because you want it to all click at the same time. It's what we've been waiting for. I mean, in May, or the, the bullpen had a lot of struggles. The starting pitching was, like, unbelievable, especially, like, the first part of May. I mean, the starting pitching, I think, well, I, I forget the number exactly, but I want to say it was, like, 11 of 13 starts in May at one point were quality. That's huge, and that can happen. Uh, and then in, in April – the starting pitching was atrocious. The, the guys were not getting deep enough in the game. The Angels had to use a lot of relievers uh, and, and had to have the bullpen get way too much work. And that is, you know, there's going to be long-term effects because of that. So now it seems like they're starting to, you know, get things clicking. It's been good to see the offense the last four or five days start to get some things rolling. Obviously, that series in Detroit was pretty disappointing to drop three or four to the Tigers. But they've been better since. And there's going to be nights like this past Saturday when the Angels had a lead late, they had a 2 nothing in the seventh inning, ended up losing that game 3-2. As disappointing as games like that were, people want to blame the bullpen. I don't know that that's totally fair when the offense had some missed chances. Um, kind of trying to a different kind of way, you know, I personally – I think you have one of the coolest jobs, you know, out there. You sit around, <laughs> you talk baseball, you get, you know, feedback from fans after games and everything like that. So I guess my next question for you is at what point was there a certain, you know, interview you did or maybe a certain event you attended where you look back at it and it's like, wow, I have a really cool job. Uh, there have been a couple of those. I was actually talking with Terry Smith and Mark Langston earlier tonight about times that we have been starstruck. Um, I got to do an event at – it was actually at a, like a local high school. Garth Brooks was there with Andrew Keeney and uh, uh, Cam Fowler of the Ducks. And, you know, I, I see the athletes all the time, but sometimes, like, the music stars kind of blow me away. And, yeah, I was a little starstruck meeting Garth. I, I totally admit that. You know, and so that was cool. I mean, I, I think back to one of my favorite memories of all time was when Albert Pujols hit his 600th home run, getting a chance to interview him live right after the game, uh, after such an eventful game, and what that moment meant for him and his place in the history of baseball. I, I thought that was just kind of incredible. And yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's not it's not too shabby what I get to do every day. It's a lot of work, a lot of crazy hours, but. I do feel very blessed, very fortunate, and there's uh, there's little better than just sitting around talking baseball all day. I tell you what, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. My last question to you is, and it's, I've been an Angel fan my whole life, and I've seen, you know, my favorite baseball player was Tim Salmon, and I thought he was the greatest, and he was great to me and to a lot of Angel fans. But how awesome is it for you to see Mike Trout play on a daily basis? Because this kid, to me, is like head and shoulders above everybody else in Major League Baseball. How awesome is it to see him every day? People ask me all the time, like, who's your favorite player ever? And I, I say Mike Trout. And it, as somebody that works with him all the time and we have a professional relationship and I know Mike a little bit, 
you know, four years covering the team, and you kind of you get to know guys. And but he 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 does he does what you, exactly what you said. He blows me away every day, and it's because there's always something special. The the way that he runs the bases and, and can make you know be safe on plays when almost every other player would be out. Just the smooth swing that he has. He doesn't try to crush the ball. He's a line drive hitter. He has, you know, the head on his shoulders is unbelievable, the way he handles himself. And the other thing about Mike Trout that I think people miss, he has not changed from day one. The first day, now he was on the team already, but he'd already won an MVP before I joined the team. 2015 is my first season. But from the, my, my first ever encounter with Mike to what he is now, he's the same dude. He's a fun-loving baseball guy. He's as fierce of a competitor as there is. He treats everybody the right way. He does not have the monster ego. And if anybody would get a pass for having a huge ego or big time on you, like, isn't, isn't Trout the one guy that you would give that pass to? Yeah. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He, he is as genuine and wholesome of a human being. Um, that you, you can't say enough about Mike Trout. I, I feel very fortunate. Uh, as, as somebody that covers this organization, you know, covers the team that works for the organization, uh, to be able to, to have him on this team, I think has been, you know, incredibly special. This is a time that I, I look forward to many years down the road, being able to tell my grandchildren about Mike Kraut and the way he plays baseball. Because I, I think we're, anybody that watches this team on a day to day is going to remember those kind of things and is going to want to share those stories because he is that special. He's going to go down as one of the greatest players of all time and an even better person. All right, man. That's, I mean, that's awesome to hear that a guy like that can stay so humble, so so low to the ground, even with all the success he's had over you know the last handful of years uh, with the Angels, Angels organization. Um, you know, that's going to wrap it up for us. We took plenty of your time. We want to thank you again, Trent, for taking the time out to sit down talking with us. We appreciate it a lot, and uh, I'm sure our fans, I hope our fans really enjoy this interview we've done with you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate what you guys do and, you know, telling some of the stories of Angels baseball. I think it's great to have the conversation. Yeah, every once in a while I get on the site and I, I take a look at some of the theories that are out there. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, some, sometimes I, I chuckle. Sometimes I go, "Hey, these, these guys got it pretty good." So, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you guys do, and uh, it, it's fun getting to talk baseball is as good as it gets. You guys know that. Thanks for having me. Anything you need, ever, anytime, just let me know. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. We're the punks, 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 we're the punks. 
This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. What is up? We are back. So that was our interview with Trent Rush. And again, we would like to thank Trent Rush for taking the time out of his real busy schedule to take like 10, 15 minutes to talk with us. Um, the insights from a guy who works with the team every day, every day. Sees it. I mean, it's th- awesome. to have that kind of job where you just kind of just see the players develop and you see them every day. Um, you know, he said any time. So hopefully we can get him back again. That'd be awesome. Hopefully a little bit longer next time. But uh, definitely a great, great guy to talk baseball with. Definitely. We'll, we'll definitely try to get him back on again because uh, uh, it's just, you know, a wealth of, of knowledge yeah, right. there. Oh, yeah. dude. You know, we bring the fan perspective, and he brings the actual. I see it every day on the field, Behind every the second. Behind the scenes, kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the relationships that he has with the guys on the team and stuff. So speaking of interviews uh, and, 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 you know, seeing guys develop and all that good stuff, uh, the Angels, well, not just the Angels, but Major League Baseball held its amateur draft this week, and the Angels had the 17th pick in the draft, and they went ahead and picked a standout athlete from high school, and Jordan Adams, do you have some numbers behind Jordan Adams I mean, there, Dan? You know, Jordan Adams, he's an outfielder. He played center field um, out of North Carolina, high school senior, like you said. But um, the big thing with him is just he's just a freak athlete. Not only did he get drafted number 14th overall, but also had a full-ride scholarship to play wide receiver at the University of North Carolina. Football, yeah. So not only is he you know athletic in, in that way, but um, his dad – coach there so there's some good bloodlines there but um if you haven't seen his youtube video where he dunks on one of his friends i'm guessing or i don't know if he's his friend anymore Sick. yeah um again so these guys are just freak athletes it seems like they're going for and at that point in the draft i think necessarily the angels went with best available not necessarily oh we need a whatever let's go reach from it was more like hey this is the best guy available um let's draft them and remember just because, and everyone, all the questions that came up right away is, well, we got another outfielder. What are we going to do with all these outfielders in the system? And remember, whatever they're drafted at doesn't mean they're going to play this position forever. They exactly. can convert them to, you know, a corner outfielder. And I mean, we've seen it with Jemai. Yeah. He was one of the best outfielders in the system. Now he's at second base. Um, you see it throughout the history of baseball. I mean, what was it? Troy Percival was started out as a catcher. Like, as a catcher. You know, Simmons was drafted as a pitcher and moved to shortstop. Canley Jansen also was not a pitcher. Right. Yeah. So just because they drafted, you know, X amount of outfielders, you know, over the last couple of years doesn't mean that one of these guys or more will be moving, could very easily move positions. I think they drafted athletes. They'll get the athletes on the field at whatever position that they can help at. And I think that's important. Um, just real quick. Second pick overall was a shortstop also out of high school from Alabama Jeremiah Jackson. So that was the first day of, of draft. And then right after, everyone was complaining about pitching. Where's the pitching? Where And and people, please realize no one there drafted this year is going to be on the team at least for another three years. And, at, and, and, and a lot of pitchers out of the draft do not become star pitchers within the first two to three years that they are drafted. Right. You know, people, pitchers kind of develop. You know, yes. you, you almost sometimes want to draft – Guys who pitched in college, because look at Griffin Canny. Right. And Already it, matured. He's moving through the system fast. Exactly. So um, they got plenty of pitching because the next 11 picks were all pitchers of either uh, starters or relievers, yeah. righties, lefties. All with upsides. I mean. So, I mean, 
the one thing about the baseball draft, there is 40 rounds. Yeah. It's not like the NBA where you have your first two rounds and then you're done, or the NFL where you have seven rounds and you're done. There's yeah. 40 rounds. If you don't pick up a player or a position that you think is you they need, doesn't mean they can't go around and, and pick it up in the 12th round or yeah. whatever. So yeah. um, that was a big big takeaway from the draft this year. Um, you know, Jordan Adams, hopefully see him in the Inland Empire next year. It'll be awesome. But Another speaking, interview. But speaking of which – um, we had the privilege to interview the right now the Angels' number one prospect, uh, Joe Adele, at the Inland Empire 66ers. Um, again, 66ers would like to thank them for giving us the access and you know just being able to talk with players, be on the field, um, enjoy the game. So again, this is a number one prospect, Joe Adele, with the Inland Empire 66ers. Absolutely. Hey, what's going on? This is Johnny Mags from the All Angels Podcast, and we're here with the Angels' top prospect, Joe Adele. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be on. Cool, man. So quickly, I'll ask you a few questions here. The draft, man, how did it feel to be drafted, and what was the process, man? Take me through the process of being you know, selected first round, 10th pick. Uh, well, for me, it started uh, early in the high school season. Um, I got on the radar of a lot of you know local scouts and, and regional guys, and and from that point on, it, it kind of grew from there as uh, more guys started to come to games. You know, we started to hear about teams that were interested. Right. And then from there on, about halfway to the end of the high school season, um, started to get a get a good look about who was really, really all in at that right. point. And it, as the season goes, you know, it was game by game, uh, getting new information. And uh, by the time the draft hit, um, we had a pretty good idea about where I was going to go okay. and, and glad to be here. So, right. yeah. so um, we talked to your buddy, uh, Brandon Marsh. You know, you guys played a little bit in the short A, but, you know, he gets promoted and then you get promoted right after. When you got the call to come back up, what were you, uh, what were you thinking? What were you, what were you feeling? I was really excited. You know, I was kind of surprised, you know, being, you know, how old I am. Uh, you kind of normally don't see that. But, uh, you know, our organization, and like I've told a lot of people, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you show you deserve to move. Uh, they, they move you, and right. um, you know it's one of the situations where I played well, uh, shown the maturity, and was able to come out here uh, earlier than I thought. And so all the guys are really glad to have me, and I'm glad to be here. Right on. So how was the spring training experience? Your first spring training? It was awesome. Yeah. You know, you got to see a lot of the big league guys and, and hang with those guys, work out with them, and right. and really uh, just getting tuned up for the season. I mean, uh, it's a long one, as as I already know. I'm already yeah. here, yeah. 40 plus games in, but. Um, no, it's pretty awesome to be able to be around a lot of the big league guys, be able to go up and play in a game, and uh, just be a part of it. Cool. Now, what do you work on daily? What's the one thing you do daily to continue to grow and mature in the game? Uh, for me, one thing has really been stretching, trying to stay limber, and, and uh, you know, it's a long season. It's really easy on those bus rides to get tight right. and, yeah. and uh, lock up, and, and part of my game is just being able to float around the outfield and make plays, and, uh, you know, as, as loose as I can stay and stretched out as I can stay, the better for me. Yeah. Yeah, so growing up in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, no pro teams out there. So what were your teams growing up, you know, baseball, NBA, uh, football? What were your teams growing up? Uh, well, you know, being so close, uh, Cincinnati was always the team uh, to go to go check out for sure. Uh, go see so go see Votto and those guys, and, and uh, I guess that's only 30 minutes away from my house. So, oh, okay, so right on. Um, yeah, so it's not too bad. So on the show, we want the, our listeners to get to know the players a little bit better. So we got a couple personal questions, nothing too personal, but quickly, quick answers. Uh, tacos or pizza? I'd have to say pizza on okay. that one, for sure. Is there a certain pizza that you like? Like Domino's, Pizza Hut, or is there like something back home that you like? Uh, nothing in particular. I, I'd definitely choose pizza over tacos, for okay. sure. Okay. Rap, rock, or country? 
Uh, I'd have to do rap for what, sure. What are you into? What kind of rap? Well, you know, what, who's your favorite artist? What are you listening to right now? Um, I like Lil Uzi. I listen to Twenty One Savage. Okay. Um, you know, just kind of a mix. I'm not really too particular. Okay. You know, whatever's whatever's in the mood that day. Cool. Steph or LeBron? Uh, I'd have to say Steph. Oh, yeah, okay. Talk to Brandon about that. But, uh, <laughs> Octagon client for uh, Octagon reasons. Oh, okay. okay. We're in the same agency, right? I can't oh, say LeBron. Okay. okay. I can't say LeBron. That makes and sense. That, okay. Right. Like deeper beating. Okay. I got you now. Now, if they both, if they both were uh, in the agency, then I have to go LeBron. Okay. Oh, okay. right, that's the answer. Okay. Okay. California out here, in and out. In and out or Whataburger? Or have you had any of the two? I've had both, and I definitely would go Whataburger for burgers. Okay. And then in and out for shakes. For okay. Sure. Animal, animal style fries at all with in and out or haven't gone there yet? No fries. Not a huge fan of the fries. Oh, okay. 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 Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan. All right, quick real answer. You're an athletic guy. We see it on your Twitter. Your dad was a football player, so you played football growing up, right? No, I didn't. No. That's the crazy thing. Well, so, uh, okay. growing up, my dad, uh, you know, was drafted by the Saints, played yeah. at NC State, ended up getting hurt earlier than he expected. And, and his whole thing was, you know, I don't want to beat your body up. You know, you don't want to beat yourself up. And, and so that's when I, it was baseball at that point forward, moving okay. forward. Right that surprises on? everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, I'm sure he played football. When did he choose baseball? But where's the answer? So, when you're trying to pass the time either before a game, after a game, or like a day off, what do you do? Are you a gamer? Are you, you binge watch, you know, movies or TV shows? Uh, I'm going Netflix and find a series. Find a series. Okay. okay. What's the sure. most recent series you probably sat down and watched like three or four episodes of? Um, it was Criminal Minds, and I watched uh, Prison Break. Was my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got, we, yeah, I got into that later. Prison too. Break was my favorite in Criminal Minds right now, just to fly through them and watch them all. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Cool. Well, that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you, Joe, for taking the time with us on the All Angels Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. So that was Joe Adele, the Angels' first-round pick, uh, pick number 10 overall of last year's amateur draft. Great guy. I want to thank Joe Adele for taking the time with us. And not only just that, every time he sees us, man, he's very polite. He says what's up to us, high fives, fist bumps, all that good stuff. Joe, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. So pay close attention, folks, and I hope you paid close attention to that um, interview because – we have a giveaway. If not, you can rewind the podcast yeah, to the beginning and, and after this point and yes, then play it through. And play it through. Again. But anyway. All the way through. All the way through. So anyway, um, again, 66ers, thank you so much for the access. With this access, we were able to get um, able to get a Joe Adele signed photo. It was uh, a photo that we took. We too. took. So um, he was able to sign it last week. So we want to give it away. We want to give away to listeners that are listening to the podcast and listening to the interviews because we appreciate what you're doing. Um so here it is. All you have to do is email the answer to allangelspodcast at gmail.com. So email your answer at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Here's the question. In the interview, what does Joe Adele like from In-N-Out? Okay, so if, if you don't know, if you if you have an idea, email us in. What we're going to do is take, in, take all the answers and we're going to – all the people that get it right – and put it in, you know, a hopper or put it in a hat. We'll pull a name. We'll be announcing the winner next podcast next week. So you have until next week to um, to email us again. It's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, get it in. You know, you can put on the subject um, contest yeah. and just write down, you know, what it is. And then we will announce it next week on the podcast and then from there we'll give you instructions as far as how to reach out to us and um, 
how to claim your prize and all that stuff. But again, yeah. um, if you didn't hear the interview, there's two ways. Either you can rewind this podcast and listen to it, or you can go on thehalohaven.com. And look under, I believe it's under interviews. We have a tab just for all our past I think interviews. It says, I think it says, uh, is it All Angels Podcast, right? It's on a tab called All, all Angels Podcast. Podcast. So you can click on that, and then it has just, just the interviews that we've done. So whether you want to go back and listen to the Joe one, to the Brandon one, I think we have uh, Marcel Latchman. Jeremiah Jones. Jones from uh, Griffin Canning. So, um, again, those are your two ways to do it. Just rewind this episode or go to the website, again, thehalohaven.com to listen to it. And then email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, guys, this is Joe Adele. Not only is he, is he the number one prospect in the Angels organization, but he's a top prospect in all of Major League Baseball. So um, how would all of us love to go back in a time machine, go to Inland Empire, and get a picture of Mike Trout and oh, have him autograph it for us, right? So, I mean, we're not saying that Joe Adele is Mike Trout, but you just never know what happens with guys. They can yeah, become superstars. Again, he's drafted number 10. Number 10, first round. Yeah, so – the promise is high with this guy. Even if he isn't the next Mike Trout, but if he's the next, you know. Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun. Wow. Well, not, Cole Calhoun not, from. Not Cole Calhoun two years two ago. Two years ago. Right. Or, the or next, Torrey Hunter. Next Torrey Hunter. Next, you know, obviously not after. Next Simmons. Yeah. You know, a, a, a player that you want on your team. Like, right. He can very easily be that guy here. And you can see him homegrown from 66ers yeah. to. Great guy, too, by the to way. Can't say enough to, about that. To the major league. So, again, that's our contest for this week. Get your emails in. Um, so yeah, so cool. that's, um, that's the interview we had with Joe Adele and awesome. the Ellen Empire 66ers. Cool. So we're going to move on here and it is now time for the segment that we've all been waiting for. I'm going to step away from the microphone for good this week. I'm going to say goodbye. I got to get going. So I just want to say what's up to everybody. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and, uh, uh, Chris, security Johnson is going to take over for me. Dan's going to uh, finish the show out here, but it is time for the segment that we're going to so lovingly call the Curator's Chronicles with Chris Johnson. Chris, take it away, bud. Thanks, guys. Uh, for the second week in a row, we're coming to you with a This Day in Angels Baseball History, coming from a book called Angels Journal by John Snyder. Uh, this day in 2004, so June 8, 2004. This is a crazy trivia fact. So the Angels pitchers tie a major league record by striking out 26 batters, 26 batters. Wow. But the club loses one to zero in 17 innings to the Brewers at Anaheim Stadium. The pitchers were Kelvin Escobar, 11 strikeouts and in eight innings. Francisco Rodriguez, three strikeouts and in two innings. Scott Shields, four strikeouts and in two innings. Kevin Gregg, three strikeouts and in two innings. And Ramon Ortiz, five strikeouts and in three innings. In the process, Benji Molina set a record for most putouts by a catcher in a game with 26. Milwaukee's Jeff Jenkins tied a big league record by fanning six times. The lone run crossed the plate on a double in the 17th by Scott Pesednik off Ortiz. The Angels collected only four hits off six Brewers hurlers. Starter Ben Sheets allowed only one hit in nine innings. Rodriguez um, had a 4-1 record in 12 saves in 2004 with a 1.82 ERA and 123 strikeouts in 69 games in 84 innings. So pretty crazy day in Anaheim uh, back in 2004 on June 8th. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. The 17 innings, I wonder how many people were actually there the whole time for the whole game. But no, that's that's a little bit of history right there. Seventeen innings. God, I, I don't know if I can stay for that long. 
but nuts. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> All right. So kind of like I said, John had to step away. So we'll go right into the poll question. Um, just for people that don't know, the poll is going to normally be up Wednesday at, uh, morning. It could be about the games that are that happen, games that are coming up, um, you know, or it could be just something that's not really connected to a game one way or the other. So this week I asked on our Twitter at Halo underscore Haven on Twitter, um, you know, out of the rotation now set, so you have uh, Tropiano, Richards, Skaggs, Otani, um, and Berea. So those six, how many of these guys do you feel will be with the team in two years? And again, the, the options were zero to one, two to three, four to five, and then just six. Um, no surprise, I think that two to three of these guys are going to be on the roster. 73% uh, picked that, and that was by far the, the runaway with it. What did you think, Chris? And what did you vote? Yeah, I picked two to three. I mean, historically, if you look at the club the last you know five years or so, you always have a two to three that kind of either yeah the contracts up or they just kind of go down to triple a like a bridwell i mean we probably expected him to be in the starting rotation right now stuff like that so yeah two to three on average who knows what's going to happen with richards in this coming year yeah i mean and that's true normally but then you look at like skaggs otani haney berea and i think tropion are all pretty much under contract or under team control for next like three four years so um I picked two to three also just because like, kind of like what you're saying with, with the movement and everything like that and also the depth coming up in the organization. You can very easily um, trade. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, Richards or Skaggs or Haney or any of these guys, but you can very easily trade one of these pitchers maybe next year or year after for some younger prospects if you feel comfortable with what is being developed behind them in the AAA system, the Miley system. So uh, Griffin Canning, we've talked about a number of times, uh, 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 Bridwell, um, those guys can very easily come up and kind of fill the place. They're cheaper, have them control for longer. So something just to kind of look out and see what could possibly be um, uh, in the Angels' future with everything that they have coming up the pipeline. All right, so now we will go to uh, viewer emails. And again, um, kind of like what I was talking about with the um, – the giveaway we can we uh <laughs> there he goes we answer uh emails is the all angels podcast at gmail.com um send your questions comments anything you want from there and then we'll read them on air and, and do the best we can as far as giving you a shout out and answering them online so the first one from mike vigil again thank you so much for writing because he is one of the guys that is constantly giving us uh, questions and, and his opinions and stuff like that. So it's great. Um, so he says, here we go. Here's a question. Here's a question that I think I can ask you guys and you guys would be able to give me your honest thoughts and opinions. So this team is decent and it does, it does have a fair, sh uh, fair share of talent. And like you guys have said before that when they are clicking on all cylinders, this team is very good. They have shown glimpses uh, in it, uh, of it this season, but to me, and it's just my opinion, I feel like, this team is missing kind of spark. Um, is that just me being dumb, or do I have a legit question here? He also writes, I don't mean like a missing player. I mean, does this team look sort of blah, like there's no drive there? Maybe I'm just looking too hard into it. And then also, one more, I would like to know all your opinions, including the cur curator, and then he put in uh, uh, quotes, if he's around. So I guess... That makes it uh, – wow. we'll, we'll definitely lead off with Chris. Chris, what do you think? 
Well, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That it's kind of like that it factor, that little you know charisma or that swag or whatever. I I do feel it's kind of missing. Like um, you know, every time you bring in some new characters into the into the scheme, um, trying to kind of figure out who's who's the leader and who's gonna you know kind of get that team going. Um, I felt like last year we actually had, even though you know we didn't place where we we wanted to, we had that kind of that that team swag. We came back from a lot of games. Right. We we were you know we can be seven down and we can come back. So um, yeah, I do feel like it's missing that. And how do you get that? How do you? It's it's hard, and that's one of the big things to winning championships. And we had that. Um, Tory Hunter was instrumental um, in the you know the late you know t- early two thousands um, of creating that clubhouse culture and and we really lost something there so how do we get that i don't know um mike trout's at that level now where he's you know he's, I, he's not the rookie anymore he's right, he's I, one that you know can carry the team and you see like they have something when they get on base they do you know that little yeah i mean that it, little it, thing that but whole thing comes with confidence and everything but i don't think trout is that type of player i don't think he's that type of i mean there's always gonna be two kinds of leaders and you see it in any level. There's that kind of leader that's just going to put his head down, do what he has to do, do his job, do the best he can, and be really good at it. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't question anything. He just does it. And I think that's how Trout is. He doesn't – he's not Mr. – he doesn't come through as Mr. Uh, um, clap the hand. Yeah, let's do it. Fire it up, fire it up. Like, yeah, he shows glimpses of it, but I think his true personality is just I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to do the best I can. And then there's some guys that are like that. They get fiery and they're emotional. But – you can't be fiery and emotional if you're not any good because then this comes looking kind of dumb. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this guy, oh, wow, he did one good thing for the first time in weeks. Okay, great, wow, whatever. But I think it's hard for him to get a spark. So if you had to pick one guy on the team right now, who's that guy that could get you know create that spark? Ha- I don't think they have a guy. And if they do have a guy, he's not good enough to um, kind of put that out for the team to take. It's more – it has to come from your leaders. It has to come from your best players. And I think the attitude of – uh, like a like a, a trout, um, but other than that, who do you have? I mean, who else are you lo- like? Oh. If he was doing well, which he's actually starting to improve right now, I would say Ian Kinsler could actually bring that yeah, because he has he new. has a he, but he has an edge to him too. Like all the stuff when we used to play him um, when he was on you know when he was in Texas and all, this, all the kind of back and forth he had with us, he kind of has that a little edge. But you know when you're not when you're not performing, it's kind of hard to yeah, go out there. I mean, and do I don't that. think yeah maybe Ian, but I just don't see it just because he's new and he was kind of already with texas for a while when he was he was that guy he came up with as that guy um when you're like a one-year stop kind of guy i don't know if you can be that quote-unquote leader and yeah you're not completely invested in the team exactly but that's a good question that's a that's a that's a good observation because i think there's been times where you've seen kind of you know lazadaisical kind of attitudes or whatever whether it's there or not but not a bad question all right, next one from Duncan Healy. Uh, again, Dead Horse Alaska, another loyal Dead Horse. Has another loyal emailer. Hey there, guys. So far, well, so far, five and one in June. Haha. <laughs> okay. I know it's been against the Rangers and the Royals, but they, but hey, they played well at home and the pitching has been decent. Obviously, Haney. Wow, he threw a gem, one hit, complete game strikeout. I'll take that. Schedule gets a little harder. Do the Halos finish at or above 500? Love the new segment. I have an idea for a name. Curator's Chronicles. And I think we actually used that. So there you go. This day in Angel's history or week, whatever, but from Duncan. Um, Thanks, Duncan. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go. 
Chris has his own segment now. He's he's set. We're working on an intro with a little jingle, Duncan. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, hopefully get like some old timey music behind. Yeah, there. we're gonna have like a you back know, in my little, day yeah, kind little of deal. jingle from like the early twenties movies or something <laughs> like that. So the Angels start off with, like we said five and one in the month. Um, I'm guessing his five hundred question is for the month, not for the year. But um, Next, the next series we have between now and the next podcast is three at Minnesota, which they're going through right now. They started right now, and then three at Seattle after. Um, so besides, I mean, those ones you have a series with Oakland, um, you think would be winnable, but again, they're playing really hard right now. You have Arizona, which is uh, ahead of their division, I believe, yep. in, the, in the NL. Toronto, you know, you're not sure we're going to get with Toronto. They're kind of up and down. You have that makeup game against KC. So the fact that you see KC again on the schedule, you have to like. Um, then you finish off the month with uh, three from Boston, which are g- which is going to be tough, and Fenway, and then two in Baltimore. I think they can finish 500. Um, I see, you know, Boston, you would hope you can get at least one there. Toronto, four-game series, you hope you can get three there. Um the crucial ones, I think, are going to be the Seattle-Oakland series coming up next, uh, next, next beginning of next week and the end of next week. Um, out of those six, you hope you can get at least four or five of those. But what do you say? Yeah, Seattle's on fire right now. That's that's tough. Um, yeah, I mean, you could easily finish five hundred for the month, but that's not something you really want to do. Right. Uh, we're looking. Yeah, you got you got to take you know, you got to do a little bit better than that. Um, yeah, all those teams play is tough. Minnesota last time we played them, well, we split with them, so. I may. Yeah, no, n- nobody, you're, you're just going to roll over. Yeah, so, again, um, there's no real, you know, again, you, you see Casey on the schedule for one game. You like that. Um, twins are always kind of scrappy, so you got to see how this weekend goes. Seattle, again, top in the division right now, and I don't think a lot of people know that. And I don't think Especially a lot of after the Cano. It kind of re-energized the team. Right? They may make some minor moves, so we'll see. Um, and Paxton's dealing yeah, up there. We'll I just see, saw an interview with him we'll on yeah. Intentional Talk. We'll see. We'll see if he, if they are able to maintain this. If this is kind of like um, Patrick Ewing always had a saying when they're in basketball, when your best player goes down, the people surround him can play great for two or three games, but then after that, everyone kind of evens out, and you are who you are. So um, we'll see who the Mariners are. Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, if this is who they're going to be, or if they are peaking to get kind of like that rally cry going and, and they're playing out of their mind. But it'd be interesting to see how the rest of this month plays out. All right, Jason Ashton. I don't think we've had him. I think he's a new new guy. Um, Jason Ashton. Yeah. I know a Jason Ashton. Oh, well, there you go. Say, hey, guys, great show. Saw you guys all in the mix with the 66ers. That's so awesome. What other angel prospects are you guys excited to, to see come up through the system? And was drafting... Jordan Adams, a good draft. What do you say, Chris? Uh, other prospects that we haven't like, talked to? Or just in general, prospects, whether we talked to them, haven't talked to them, haven't seen them, haven't just maybe you've heard um, come through the system or anything like that. Who's, who's the prospect you would be interested in, in seeing? Well, someone that I really am cheering for, but it's kind of time is kind of taking a toll on them is Roberto Baldocking. Baldakin, uh, yeah, Baldakin, <laughs> Um It's because it's been a good like almost what almost four years now, and he's still in a single A. But he's starting he's, to he's hit tear- the ball. He's tearing, he's tearing it, up. it up now. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy, always smiling down there. And we've seen him um, 
off and on for the last few years. So I'd really like to see him find some success, especially since we were kind of invested in him. I think <laughs> he got a, a free agent international signing bonus of almost $8 million. Game-winning so game run last yeah. night, too. So um, I would like to see him kind of turn it on. Uh, there's some guys you know, tearing it up down there, um, a lot of promotions. So guys that are do well down at, you know, down on the farm, especially in the Inland Empire, they're gone fairly quick. Yeah, so you uh, Matt Tice, we, nev- we didn't have an opportunity Matt to Tice, yep. interview him, but he's uh, he'll be up in the big leagues pretty soon, so it'll be fun to see him. Yeah, I mean, kind of like, and I've said this before, I guess um, a guy that I really want to see um, – in the angel uniform, I guess sooner rather than later would be someone like a Griffin Canning, just because when he was with the Six Sixers for a short time, he was one of the best ones they've had, um, and he got brought up right away. They have high hopes for this guy as far as kind of zooming him through the system, but he's definitely one of the guys that I I want to see you know develop and um, see what can happen for this year. And then you know you have your normal top prospects, you have the Joe Adels, you have the Jemai Jones. I want to see how Jemai goes from playing, you know, outfield to second base and everything like that. But um, good question. The Jordan Adams, I think it was a good draft. I think at that point you get the best player available, and I think that's what they did. Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier, they he could play different positions if, if they need him to do. I mean, just because he played center field, you know, in high school and stuff like that, if you're an athlete, you can play other positions and, and get reps at it at, at a lower level. And one guy that I'm surprised we haven't brought up just for a game or two to just fill in is uh, Sure Joe Sherman Johnson. He was down on Inland Empire quite a few years back. It's been spring, a staple of spring training over the last few years. I believe he's in AAA right now, but he's kind of a kind of a Sean Figgins type of guy. Sean Figgins or a Reggie Willits, kind of a, just a scrappy utility player. But um, I'm sure we'll see him in the big leagues at some point. Yeah. So again, there's a lot of movement coming up. Uh, people going up, people going down, but. Um, it's always fun. I think people got kind of disappointed when the when the minor league system was kind of you know towards the bottom, and now that they're rebuilding, and now they have some of these. Yeah, it's exciting. Now they have some of these names that that you can recognize from drafting, uh, from when you draft when the Angels drafted them, stuff like that. But um, yeah, so we see how how the rest of the season goes from those minor league uh, those minor league teams. All right, Jason Kemp. Hello there, guys. So you so just saw the news on Otani. Some concerns should so how concerned should we all be, and does this affect him at the plate? Love the Marsh interview. Seems like a really well-spoken young man. Continue success to that young man. So, uh, John and I kind of talked about the Otani injury. We didn't get your perspective on it. So, what do you think? I mean, I guess it's not really surprising. Um, going into the season, they said that he was kind of having some, you know, some arm issues um, that were kind of cleared up. Um, that blister thing is kind of a reoccurring issue. I guess the, my thing is, is that in the past when players would go out for the rest of the season, it always is the kind of like two or three weeks we'll reevaluate. And then all of a sudden they'll shut them down for the season. Yeah. It's, it's happened uh, the last few years. So I always feel like that's kind of like, we're just kind of just, you know, trying to push (laughs) it to the side and just uh, put off the inevitable. Right. And I feel like this is going to be something bigger. And, you know, that would be devastating because it's kind of re-energized the fan base. You're seeing a lot of fans out there that normally wouldn't be out there. And also it's been helping the team. I mean, the guy's doing well. So um, hopefully it's not that. Hopefully, um, you know, he just needs some some rest. But Yeah, I mean, we'll see. And I'm I'm not sure how it would affect him batting. Um, I'm granted, I'm guessing he'll be out for the rest of the year if he does get Tommy John surgery. 
Um, now him coming back next year for just to be like a part-time DH. I don't know if that is possible if they would even want to try to mess with that at all because the Angels have always said that they look at him more as a pitcher than they do as a DH. Yeah. So I don't think they would risk it for that. But, you know, Tommy John surgery happens. If you're a hard-throwing pitcher at all, th- I mean, the chances of you getting Tommy John surgery isn't, you know, if but when. When, yeah. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a shock to anyone that – um, I guess yeah. I guess the nice thing is like we we're going back talking about how many pitchers are going to be there next year. We all our guys kind of got their Tommy Johns out of the way. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're like, good. Hey, yeah, you kind of <laughs> see that now with like Skaggs and Haney. Now they're they're like then, two yeah, years removed from it. They're kind of getting back. Middleton. He'll yeah. Be back and so you know, it's just a, it's kind of the way baseball is nowadays. It's a revolving everyone, door. Yeah. Everyone gets Tommy John surgery if you if you throw like above like ninety five. All the cool silly. kids are getting Tommy yeah, John. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, last one from uh, Lamar Washington. Uh, good show, boys. Awesome how you guys get access to the dugout for the 66er games. Lamar seems like a cool cat. So, Noah Tani. So, does that mean uh, Brea stays up and do they go to a five-man five man rotation? So, we already talked about the Otani thing. What do you think about Brea stepping in there and being that fifth guy? Or do you think they still stay with the quote-unquote six-man rotation and maybe bring up another AAA guy? No, you got to stay with five. There's no point of doing six now. Right. The sixth thing was just an Otani thing. Right. It's kind of that was the adjustment. So yeah, um, Barea's been doing well. He's definitely earned that spot in the starting rotation, and he's promised them the the four. <laughs> you know, he might he might be the real ace. Yeah, of he, the staff right now. Yeah, so. I mean, he's been great. I mean, people always get confused as far as why he is sent up and down, sent up and down. But he was just kind of the the last guy on a. Um, I mean, the guy, it's a numbers game. And he has a lot of options. There's a lot of options. He's the youngest one on the team. Um, But, yeah, now that Otani seems to be out for at least, like I said, at least three weeks to get reevaluated, and then from there they'll figure it out. But he will definitely be the guy up in that fifth spot. I'm sure they'll bring him up whenever he's scheduled to make his next start. They'll bring him up, and he'll just stay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I, I said this before, I'm not super worried about the rotation. If it keeps on progressing the way it has – you know, the, you, you worry about the offense, but if we get Simmons back within a normal part of, you know, a normal time. I mean, they did said it was just a rolled ankle. So um, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I don't think the fans should be too worried about, you know, the Otani surgery or if he gets it or where the Angels rotation is if he does end up getting the, rotation, uh, the surgery. Um, anything else? Anything you wanted to add? Anything you heard earlier you wanted to um, speak about, whether it was the week uh, in review or anything like that? No, it was just uh, good to be out at uh, the Big A again all together. We actually had quite a few people that we've kind of got to know over the years. Uh, a lot of uh, kind of social media sites that we've we've befriended. Uh, met uh, JC Carrillo from uh, Red Nation. Um, he runs a social media site and also Angels Amigos, our good friend. Brought us some customized cupcakes underneath the uh, big at the tailgate. They came in really handy. So yeah, um, props to Michelle, uh, Angels Amigos, uh, also Bridget Despina, all of our uh, our normal crew was out there in in the suite. So we were living that bougie bougie life, which uh, we were fine with. Maybe not all the time, but here and now and then, it's a uh, it's it's fun. Nice little change. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, um, thanks to the 66ers baseball organization for allowing us that access. It's been fun. Um, it's kind of like a 
dream come true to just kind of be down in a professional dugout. Yeah, I'm living out my childhood dreams. And then not telling you um, to get out vicariously. And yeah, it. usually they're telling you to get out, but you're walking down there with that with that pass and showing everyone. So um, it's fun to do that. It, it's a it's a nice hobby to have. Definitely. Yes. So yeah, thank you, 66ers. Uh, thank you for all of the listeners. Again, email us your questions, statements, anything you want at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Halo underscore Haven at both Instagram and on Twitter. Um, we'll, we're on there. Chris tries to post stuff whenever he can on Instagram. I'm trying. To, I, I'm a little more involved in the Twitter aspect of it, but um, that's a great way to get a hold of us. Um, keep you got information coming as yeah, far any as suggestions, any suggested giveaways. I mean, we're known for making like buttons and little neck rally necklaces. So if you have a player or something. Uh, from the past or current player that you want featured on an upcoming giveaway, let us know. We will cater it to your needs. If you have a segment that you uh, want to see um, or any suggestions for us, go on and uh, let us know so we could always um, improve upon what we're doing. Yes, definitely. Um, again, so that's it. Again, follow us all Halo Haven on Instagram and Twitter, Halo underscore Haven, all angels podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. 
And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.